Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Yvonne Latrell's podcast. I am the lovely, gorgeous host, Yvonne Latrell, and my awesome, wonderful, fantastic co-host, SC, is here with us. Hi, SC. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm good. How can you hear me? Can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can hear you. Happy Tuesday. And um, I just want to say I'm glad to be here. And today for our Thoughtful Tuesday show, we will be interviewing Miss Arthur Bay. And we will be talking to her uh in about 30 minutes or so so um yeah so other than that what's going on nothing much same old same old just trying to take over the world you know one day at a time nothing is wrong with that nothing is wrong with that um so there's so much things that we are going to go over with everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Every week our show is just growing, growing constantly. So as always, we just got we just want to thank you guys and dolls for tuning in to the show and for all of your support. And um let me see. I want to start off by saying that I am now a Republican. I think I said that already, but I'm not sure. I I did say that I was no longer going to be into anything for, you know, with the Democrats, but, you know, that'll be another topic. But I am a Republican now. I got my new card, my voter's registration card. So I just wanted to share that. And... um, so did they, did they tell you the white, the white sheet with the holes poked out? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So we're gonna we're going to ignore a C guys and dolls. Um. But okay. So last week we were supposed to uh come on, but we um had uh. Uh, we had some major things that we were working on, so we forgot to cancel the show, but we were very busy um, last week, and we're still working on a lot of things this week. And as you guys know, um, who all listen to our show, Friday we had a casting call, and we will have another casting call uh, this Friday. It's already lined up um, for, for Friday um, for a TV movie that's in the making. And um, so last week, I wanted to talk about Kevin Gates because we never got to talk about Kevin Gates. (laughs) He spit inside of a female's mouth. It was so disgusting. Mm -hmm. It was just, it's just disgusting. Like, people are doing so much. I mean, like, are, are you that desperate? Like, what is the point of that? I mean, is it because he has a lot of money? Is it because he's well known? Like, 
I don't care who you are. No, you're not spitting in my mouth. Like, oh, my, and she swallowed it. Oh, my gosh, just the thought of it. It's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's so disgusting. People are luring. But this is the thing. This is, mm-hmm. this is what, what uh, puzzles me about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then they want men to respect them. They say, oh, right. these men are not respecting us. They're calling us all types of whatever. But then we have women like that representing y'all. As a whole, because not representing me, that's what representing we herself. Not, it might be the same gender, different breed, but it's the same gender. It's the same gender. We're not talking yeah, about that. We're talking about the breeds of the gender. We're talking about the gender. We don't know what type of woman that it, that she is. She could be a, a school teacher, anything, you know. And this is a, this is what I've always talked about. Says how. Some of these women talk about, oh, these men, they this, they that, they this, they that. But all you're showing is those are your representation. Those are the women that are showing She represents herself. What we're seeing. She well, represents herself. She, she I've never women. seen. No, she does not. That is not, first of all, that is not a woman. She is a female. And you did hear me say he spit inside of a female's mouth because she is not a woman. No classy woman decent, respectable woman like myself, might I add, like my beautiful self, will allow any man to do that. Oh, my gosh, that's so disgusting. Um, I, I just don't know what to say. I don't even, all I can say is it's just disgusting. I mean, you have COVID out there. Even if there was no COVID, even if he didn't even have a cold, that's just so disgusting. It's so disgusting. It's just really nasty, just Growth. Um, but yeah, so I I definitely wanted to just say, you know, that's it's just really disgusting. And um and in other news really quick, I wanna talk about a thirteen year old boy here in Florida, Hialeah, Florida. A thirteen year old killed his thirty nine year old mother. She had just given birth to a little girl like two weeks ago he waited for his mother to fall asleep and he stabbed her to death and then he called the police and told the police that he killed his mother and oh my gosh these kids are so crazy like what are they watching like oh my gosh I don't know. It's just like every time I have a topic to say, it's like I want to say something, and it's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Like, what do you say? These people are crazy. These kids are crazy. The parents, I say it all the time, you need to monitor your children. You need to um, pay attention to what they are watching on TV, the video games that they are playing, the music that they are listening to. You can't just give them something just because they asked for it. And they did say that he was a, a good student. A, I think he was an honor roll student. But, like, I don't know what would make a 13-year-old child, a child, a baby, kill his mother. Like, oh, my gosh. I just don't know. He has now, you know, he's messed, you know he messed his entire life up now. It's terrible. I mean, he can't come back from death is something you cannot come back from. Right. You know, uh, it's just, well, you know what? You know, I'm going to get a little uh, philosophical. You know, the Bible has stated the things that we're witnessing now 
So it shouldn't be a shock to none of us. We're just realizing that we're, we are the last days. Yeah. You know how people say, oh, we're living in the last days? We mm-hmm. are the last days. Yeah, We definitely. literally are the last days, you know, mm-hmm. um, where you have to have a, a, a actual conversation about male-female genitalia or male and female and, oh, we identify as this, we identify as that. And don't be surprised, and I want to say this on the show. I'm not shooting any shots at anybody or talking crazy about anybody. I'm just stating some facts. I wouldn't be surprised. If the LGBTQ community started boycotting sex reveal um, parties, if they were like, how you going to know what the baby's going to be? How you know the baby's not going to be this or the baby's going to identify as that? So I could, I could see it. I could see it. There's, there's the silly conversations that we're having now is a male is dressed up like a woman trying to get into the girl's bathroom. Did you see that video? Where the mother stood at the bathroom door? Uh, no. Oh. Yeah, oh, okay. can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 because yeah. I, I heard the, uh, what you call it, so I didn't think I was still, you know, with a mother. Yeah, there was a video of this mother standing at the bathroom door, and this dude had to be at least 6162, really a dude. You could tell he's a dude, and he's dressed like a woman. And he's trying to get in the bathroom with this woman and her daughter. And the woman said, you're not coming in here with me. He said, listen, man, I identify as a woman. Oh, my so gosh. this is what's going to happen. You're going to have all these perverts try to start identifying as women so they could get into these bathrooms with these little kids and start molesting them and a whole bunch of other stuff. And they're trying to make it where, you know, you can't question somebody if they identify as something. You have to respect the fact that they identify it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's just this world is becoming a, a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not judging anybody for how they live, but you don't. At the end of the day, you don't have to answer to me. You don't have to answer to me. I just think that certain conversations should be a thing of common sense, and we shouldn't have to discuss it because right. when a baby's born in that hospital, it's either M or F on that paper. There's no other thing up there but that. We can right. physically see that that's a male or that's a female child. We don't care what they think they are later on in life, you know. And then they had the big thing about um, this thing where they're calling the women cis, cis, uh, cis whatever. Well, I can't remember what it's called. And I said, wow, so biological women are now cis women instead of them being biological women. And you can't say they're biological women. Women assigned at birth. So hold on. So XY chromosome doesn't mean anything. These chromosomes are not, we we throwing science straight out the window. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just times are showing what they are. They're just showing what they are. You know, and like yeah. I said, I got a bunch of friends that are gay. I got a bunch of friends that are trans, sexual, and everything. And I've had these conversations with some of them, and yeah. they they see my point that I'm making. So I mean, I'm totally against the whole LGBT uh, stance, only because they're saying that now 
they're trying to take advantage of the situation. They're trying to make everything about them, about, you know, oh, we hate them, we this. But to me, that's the most unforgiving community. Because if you say something wrong about them, they boycott you. Oh, we're going to boycott you. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's like a bullying tactic with them. You understand right. what I'm saying? And like I said, mm-hmm. I have friends that are gay, bisexual, trans, all that. And, like, they know I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to speak how I feel. And there's nothing wrong with somebody speaking about how they feel. They make it seem like, oh, if you don't believe in the way I live my life, then there's something wrong with you, or we're going to boycott you, or we're going to have a big problem with you. So freedom of thought is no longer. You understand what I'm saying? God gives us free will. So you telling me as a human you won't give me free will? I got to think the way you think, even if it's illogical to me? You know? Yep. But that's crazy. God is. Um, that's how it is. Well, uh, in other news, um, I'm going to do some uh, quick advertisement real quick. So we want to thank you, Essie and I, we want to thank everyone um, for, again, like I said, for supporting us, for advertising with us. If you guys do want to advertise with us, remember, guys, you you guys can call, text 305-204-3371. Again, that number is 305-204-3371, or you guys can email us on a podcast um, our podcast email and you and remember guys you can always call in live like we do have a lot of calls right now uh, that's uh, tuned in and the number to, to call in live as a guest is 563-999-3548 again that's 563-999-3548 and I want to get uh, um, into the advertisement so D Saunders he have a book out and it's the the Bait and Switch, it's available on Amazon. Again, that's D Saunders. He has a book, The Bait and Switch. It's available on Amazon.com. Also, uh, if you are looking for a photographer in, I forgot what state this is, um, you guys can reach out to Bernard Jones, and you guys can email him at B J B J O N E S three three one three nine at gmail dot com. Again, that's B J O N E S. Um, that's B Jones three three one three nine at gmail dot com. And also Anna Black, she is an author, and she have. So many books, and one of her books is being adapted into a film. Uh, I believe that's already in the making now, and that is The Perfect Love Storm, that particular book right there that's in the works of being a film, and you guys can check her workout at AnnaBlackBooks.com. That's www.AnnaBlackBooks.com. And that's all the advertisement I have for today, and back to you, Bob. <laughs> so I know we talked about um, the emails that we've been getting from some of the guests, and um, I think we should we should discuss maybe you know unless there's something in the news you wanted to talk about. No, I think we no we should. Oh, um, 
Oh, no, we need to answer some of uh, the emails that we have been getting from a lot of listeners. So, um, Essie, you can start off with uh, whatever email that you want to answer. Okay, so uh, we have a guest. Wait, 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 wait. No, your your phone, it's breaking up. How about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. So we had an um, email come in, and a young lady had wanted to know. So what happened was, okay, so the email basically said that she had a male friend come over to the house, and um, he went to use the bathroom, and he <laughs> came out of the bathroom, and he didn't wash his hands. And she said it turned her off to the point of it was supposed to be a Netflix and chill, it just came into to be a chill night because she was so turned off by this man not coming, not washing his hands after he came out of the bathroom. So to the, the young lady that sent the email, you will be surprised on how many men don't even know how to clean themselves properly. And I'm going to tell you this, and this is me personally, whenever I go to the bathroom, I wash my hands before I go to the urinal to use it. And the reason being, I wash my hands before I touch myself because I'm outside touching doors, I'm touching seats, I'm sitting down, I'm touching things that other people that touch that didn't wash their hands when they came out the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So after I use the bathroom, I go wash my hands again. And I do that all the time. Now, if I'm in a rush and I can't make it, I'll snap some tape, some toilet tissue and grab myself and pee, holding my shit with the toilet tissue so my hand right. is not touching myself. But for the most part, I will not touch myself until I wash my hands. I mean, yeah, my hands got to be washed. But men, in the most times that I see it is when I go out to eat and when I'm in the airport. That is the most nastiest thing in the world. I would say 85% of the men that go in that bathroom do not wash their hands when they finish. Oh, my gosh. That's why the Japanese, that's why the Japanese don't shake hands because they realize how nasty people are. And people have nasty habits. Not everybody is, is, um, is aware funny. of their hygiene. Their, their hygiene awareness is very, you know, slim. You know, some women, you know, because matter of fact, talking about that, there was a lady, I seen a video, and a lady was talking to a panel of people, and she says that she was, she, um, how do you tell somebody that you love that their body parts stink? So they said, you need to elaborate on that. She says, well, when I go there and give my boyfriend head, his penis stinks. So come to find out, he's uncircumcised. So he doesn't clean inside the sleeve, you know? Right. So my thing is this. Whenever you're having a problem with a, a person that you, you, they're having a hygiene issue, and if you like the person, the best way to go about doing that is say, yo, let's take a shower together. I wash you, you wash me. You understand what I'm saying? That's, the, that's one of the ways to do it. Or you could just come out and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm not trying to be funny or anything, but I can smell you. 
But this is now okay. But take now this is to it. Yeah. Okay, but okay. Now this is the crazy thing. Okay, like, why do anyone have to tell somebody? And 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 I'm talking about grown ass people. It's sad. Like, how come we have to figure out a way to tell somebody? Hey, do you wash your hands? Hey, uh, do you brush your teeth? Um, hey, you have an odor? Like, why? Like, how come people are not aware? Like. When you go to the bathroom, it doesn't matter whether you're in a public bathroom or if you're home, you should be washing your bath. You should be washing your hands at all times, no no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. no one should have to email anyone um, about, hey, I went on a date or whatever, and my date used the bathroom and didn't wash his hands coming out the bathroom. What do I do? Like. It, there should be no emails on that. There should be no emails on hygiene, but yet here we are. And the same thing um, with the women's bathroom. I had, I did um, some videos before on Clean Your Stinky Vagina Part 1, 2, and 3 because the women's bathroom is so like, oh, my gosh, you would be surprised what some of the women, when they go to the bathroom, They are so disgusting. They don't flush the toilet. And I'm talking about when they are on their cycle. I've seen blood Mm -hmm. on the toilet, blood on the floor, um, pads that are not wrapped. Like, there are a lot of nasty women as well. And, like, going to a public place, that doesn't give you the right to put a pad inside of uh, of the garbage without wrapping it. If, and, and okay, and if for whatever reason, maybe you're maybe you're uh, you're bleeding heavy, and you didn't, and and um, when you pull your pants down, maybe a lot of blood is coming out. Okay, and things happen sometimes. Okay, it could be an incident. If if blood is on the floor, okay, wipe it up. Get some tissue and wipe it up. Why would you leave blood on the floor? Why would you leave blood on the toilet? Why are some of you people so disgusting? And I'm gonna tell you something. I believe you. You know why I believe you? It's I used the to work truth. at the nightclubs, and the women's bathroom was the worst. The women's bathroom was much worse can... than the men's bathroom. Yes, and the tissue was everywhere. I mean, you'll see the wrappings for a damn tampon on the Wait, sink. Hold on. Okay, because you said that you believe me. So what I'm going to do one day, um, I'm going to go to a public bathroom and I'm going to have <laughs> my phone. Yeah, I'm gonna do a video. No, don't do that. Do not do that. Well, no, no, no. I'm gonna do a video. Um, I don't know where, but I'm gonna to go to a woman's bathroom, and I'm gonna do a video, and I'm gonna um upload it on social media. But I'm gonna show you. So there's no, I believe you. No, it's the truth. Like it's just, and it's sad. Yeah, I know. It's really sad. I know. I've been then, in a woman's bathroom many a times. And then you got to think about, okay, people have to come in there and um, and clean up behind you. They have housekeepers. So, like, these people, these cleaning people, they don't want to see uh, blood on the floor, blood on a, um, you know, a, a bloody toilet and all of that. That's just so disgusting. People, not only should you be mindful for the people that that have to clean it, you should just be, have some respect for yourself. Yeah. 
And I think that's that's where it comes from. People don't have respect for themselves. And to go back to something that you said earlier, you said we shouldn't have to tell a person that they stink. To I'm gonna tell you something. You have some people that have done something or been around something so long that they don't actually smell it anymore. Oh my because god! They, because they're so used to it. You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's, that's what crazy. happens with people. They just become so used to smelling how funky they are that it's not offensive <laughs> to them anymore. You know? Oh my god! It's offensive to us, but it's not offensive to them. And then, I mean, even with brushing uh, your teeth, some people don't brush their teeth like, um, you know, and and if they don't brush their teeth, then you have to think, okay, if they have kids, then when their kids get up, they're not teaching their kids in the morning, hey, um, uh, brush your teeth in the morning, wash your face in the morning. Um, You know, these kids, they should be taught some of the, uh, they should be taught these things. If the parents aren't doing it, then, you know, the kids are going to follow behind the parents. I mean, all of that is very important. Brushing your teeth is very important. Washing your face in the morning. Get the crust out of your eyes. It's very important. When you take a shower, you got to get those spots. Your your arms, you just got to <laughs> everywhere under your arms. Get that booty hole. Get <laughs> You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy that you said that, Yvonne? I'm going to tell you what's crazy, y'all. So I was looking through the emails, and I seen an email where a woman did ask about that. She says, why does every time my boyfriend go down on me? Oh, I'm trying to remember how she she worded it. It was basically saying that every time her boyfriend goes down on her, he throws off her pH balance. And she, she likes it, but she don't want him doing it because... Every time he does it, she, she has a, um, I don't remember if she said a yeast infection or she gets an infection or whatever. So listen, let me explain something to you ladies. When a man goes down on you, before he goes down on you, he should have washed his mouth out. He should have brushed his teeth and rinsed his mouth out. If you let a man go down before he does all of that, you remember, he's been eating all day. He got all types of particles and germs in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's what throws it off. Because, you know, some right. men, when they when they have sex, they like spitting on their dick and they, and they feel like it's dry. And when they be like, yo, that throws off my pig. Yeah, it's because the saliva in his mouth is nasty. Right, right. He got all types of food particles and everything, and you can't let a man go down there, eat you, now, he could eat you from the front and then go to the back, but he can't eat you from the back and go to the front. Right. What he needs to do is get his ass up. If he starts off from the back hole, he needs to get his ass up, clean his mouth out again, clean his mouth out, and then go back and then finish the front part. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You can go from the front to the back, but you can't go from the back to the front. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. that answered that question, and that was a while. That was a that was a uh, about a week or two ago, and I ran and I said, "Yo, we're gonna have to pick and choose some of this." And it's crazy that you said that. So whoever uh, asked that question, your question was answered. <laughs> not you know, not directly, not indirectly, it was answered only because Yvonne brought up the fact of your teeth. So. 
Um, okay. Um, and it okay. So I do see that our guest is on, and she uh, okay, and she'll be coming on um in a few minutes. And uh, before we let her in, is there any other emails that you wanted to read, or anything uh, else, any other topics that you just wanted to touch? What was the email that we was talking about the other day? I can't remember what it was. It was very interesting. Um. Was it about cheating? It was about something. I can't remember what it was about. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think it was about cheating. Mm-hmm. I think it was about cheating. I can't remember what it is, but probably by the end of the night, I'll remember what it was. You know me. Um, but, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave... I'm gonna leave the emails alone. I'm done. But unless you got one that you wanted to do. No, I no, I think that's it. Okay, so we will answer um we will answer the rest of the emails next week because we're not gonna have time to answer any emails because um first of all, S C has a motor mouth as you all know, and he's gonna go on and on and on. <laughs> And it's time, and it's time for our guest. So, okay, so is that it, SC? Hey, hello? Yeah, you said it, that's it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to bring oh, in our guest. Huh? Uh-huh. Never mind, never mind. I'll no. talk to you later. I'll talk to you about it later. It was about the... Uh... The data uh, and will thing, that's what we were talking about. It wasn't the email, it was that we were talking about. But go ahead. Oh, we go ahead. okay. Okay. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, hey, I'm here. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are y'all? Great. We Thanks good. for asking. Can't complain. <laughs> Sitting up here, being trying to be somebody's mother, but I really like we good. I came in at the end. <laughs> oh. okay. okay, so um, everyone, uh, this is Miss Author Bay, and we will be interviewing her. So, um, uh, can you tell us about yourself? Yes, I am. Well, author, um, I'm a mother of two. Um, I'm also a bartend host. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm pretty much right author of What's Next Part One. That was my first uh, book that I released August of 2021. Um, actually marketing it still and just preparing for the release of uh, Part Two to come out 2024. So it'll be released this August coming up. Um, okay. Yeah, so I write for a hobby. I don't plan on it being a career, but I do plan on it opening certain doors for other aspects of my you know, things I do, you know. But, yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm simple, outgoing. I love to travel. Give me one second. Okay. Thank you. I'm just I'm with that beacon in the background. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Okay, so I got a question for you. I know you said that this is a hobby for you. It's not a thing, you know. But in, in, in retrospect of everything, 
when you write a book, you expect to make currency. You expect to make some money off of the book. But my next question to you, if you're doing this as a hobby, when you say your next book is being released, do you follow the rule of thumb of with the author every six months you should release a new book? Or are you just picking a day next year to release it? No. So I don't follow that because, like I said, I do it as a hobby. Now, as far as money, I believe the money's going to come. Um, I don't do it for the money. If you, for, There's no money in being an author, actually. You would have to it's, – it's, it's different. But as far as – I do want to open up doors to generate wealth. I always say that I am a job. I know that I believe that one day I'm going to get paid to show up. But I call it a hobby because writing has always been an outlet for me going through mm-hmm. things. So I've been doing that since I was eight years old. Like I, I didn't go to school for writing, but I, I didn't go to – but I have the ability to do it because it's, some, it's, it's something that I picked up, you know, as a way to cope with abuse. So mm-hmm. um, I don't believe in – I don't put my – I don't. you can't put a time on greatness. So – you know, when I released part one, people were expecting part two to come right after because it was that good. But to write what I write in, in the skill that I did and to even grasp a reader, to have you read a book that big in one day, that ain't nothing I would be able to do in six months, you know, and because I put so much behind that. And it's about me. How long did it take you? I'm so sorry, guys, say that again. Well, what's, what's next is not a um, full story. It's actually, it's actually a true story. It's, it's about me. So that's, okay. you know, that it is about my life. I just changed the name to this just to the legal purposes. I don't want, you know, any lawsuits. And um, mm-hmm. what was you going to ask me? Hello? Essie? Essie, can yeah, you hear us? Yeah, what did she say? Yeah, she said, what were you going to ask her? Oh, I was saying, um, how long did it take you to write your book? Because it was it was so, about you. You you basically knew what you were going to write, right? Or right. you just decided so, uh, on what you were going to talk about. Right. So when I come in, so it's not an autobiography. Um, it's not that. Um, it's a story. You know, it, this this is how I actually found myself in different issues when I actually completed it. But if you want to time all together how long it took me, because I started that book 15 years ago, and I didn't finish it till 13 years later. But did it take me a full 13 years? No. I had writer's block for like nine years. So all together, if I was to calculate how long it took me, probably I would say like 15 months of all those years. 15 months of those 13 years is probably what I, the time I used writing a 38-chapter book. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it was, I started in 09, and I didn't finish it until 2021. But I was sitting on 13 chapters for, like, eight years alone. Okay, okay. So since you said that you do this as a hobby, do you consider yourself an author still, or you just consider yourself a hobbyist as far as yeah. – um... Go ahead, I'm no, sorry. Any, anytime, anytime you put out a book, any type of book, whether it's a children's book, you're an author. I know someone who put out a workbook, and she's still classified as an author. So, you know, so I do consider myself an author because I am the writer of a number one selling book. So I will have to be an author. When I release this one, when I release part two, which I believe is going to be even greater and probably even bigger because now I have sent my name in the author's, you know, my name is starting to get to where I'm being noticed and stuff like that. So I'm still considered an author. 
I just, I just, that's not my dream, you know, as far as, like, I'm going to be, mm. a, like, as far as, I'm not, put it like this, I'm not going to be writing books the rest of my life. That's not what I plan on doing in my life. So, right. okay, I might, I might, mm. I might write a short story film for somebody. You know what I mean? It, it's, it takes skill to take, even, because I believe that everybody got a dope story. Just be, I feel like everybody, due to their journey, even, you might not have came up how it come up, but that don't make your story not dope. But just everybody had a skill to put your story on a piece of paper to make it worth reading. Okay. To have somebody to teach yeah. And only an author could do that. Yeah. A great writer could do that. So, yeah, I do consider myself yeah. I've said that before on this show, that everybody has at least one good story in them. It might not seem important to you, but it might be important to somebody else because it can help them do something, you know. Um, so I know you said it had a lot to do with you, and what, if I'm not mistaken, you said it was domestic violence? No, and when I was being abused, at, at a young age, you know, I was suicidal since I was eight years old. I'm just now. Mm. Oh, I'm, 30, I'm 38 now. Like, I'm 38 now, but I beat being suicidal two years ago. So it's been two years where even though life be life, because never, life never stopped life then. But I, I've never, I don't never feel like that anymore. But I was fighting that for 28 years. Oh, so my gosh. When I, start, when I started writing, I was writing to escape really what I felt due to being sexually abused, due to emotional abuse. I was going in an in own home between me and my mother. It was toxic. And then it was neglect throughout my family. So, you know, like. That I, I grew up writing poems, short stories. I was fantasized about being rich and famous and away from my family. So I, I had a wild imagination. I, I wrote what was in my heart since I was like, with that skill that I have, I can't teach it. Not saying that it's not teachable, but when, when I get inboxes and messages, how did I do this? I really can't tell you how I did it because it wasn't taught to me. It's something that I did as an airway. I just had a gift of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of your stories sound like it had to do with a lot of hurt that took place in your life. So, what are your writing spaces like? What do you What do you look for to write? Where do you What What places do you like to be? The living room, the the kitchen. You like listening to music. You like the dark room. How was your writing space? So now, when I do it, you know. I do it in a, I get be in a calm, relaxed mode. I'm always playing music. Music was another escape for me. I've always used, it's been therapeutic. Um, initially, when I started What's Next Part 1, I didn't have a um, vision of where I was going with the point. You know, a lot of, at the time that I started that in 2009, I still looked at my life from a victim standpoint. And I don't look at it like that now because, I've been able to see the issues that's been lying there, and that's what I've been working on. You know what I mean? That's how I could say, yeah, life's still life, but I ain't suicidal. You know, I don't feel bad for myself or anything like that. I, I'm not even pointing the fingers at the abuser at this point because a broken, being grown up broken, it has caused me to make certain decisions that kept me in certain type of situations because whatever I was trying to fill voids and stuff like that. But, you know, initially when I decided to write what's next, I probably would have been just a sob story. What's next is a trilogy. It's going to be a part three. But part three, the time when I actually the ending point is to really show people that you know the love and, and the love that you're looking for is inside out. Like no one, no one can make you happy. You got to make yourself happy yourself. And even when you feel like you can get to a certain age 
and you being an adult, like you might have had a, you know, I don't know if I can cuss on here, so I'm trying not to use cuss words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yes. when you when you feel like you've grown up in a fucked up situation your entire life, what happens is things bad things to, and you bad things keep happening, but you don't know you're already addicted to trauma, so you attract those things. You're in situations that are normal. So you're going to be in situations that are familiar to what you're used to. So until you realize, like, okay, hold on, you know, it might not be, a child can't control the situations they were put in, but they can control once they become an adult. But you got to see, you know, where you're sick at, where you're weak at, where, like, your issues. And when you come to realize that, you know, it's not everything's happening to you, you know, everything happened for you and what you want to do with it. So that's where I'm at right now. So, yes, I, I wanted to complete what's next one, part one because I started it on now, but the sole purpose, because when you read it, it is, it is like a, it's a painful story. You know, I, I buried my daughter's dad, you know, I was, I was 22 years old. He was 21. My daughter was one. So I, that, the story, the titles were what's next because for a long time, I always felt like, What's going to happen? I, I felt like God hated me. I felt like you had me in these situations. So that is the way I looked at shit, you know. But when you when I get to, you know, like I say, the finale, it will be, it's, you know, it's you as far as your thought process, your mind. Um, you, are, you can make your life a heaven or you can make it a hell. You, you could. And you can't really stay in the past of things that happened to you as a child, and it, you got to forgive it. You have to let it go for your own self, not for nobody. It doesn't take away from who did the things to you because they'll be dealt with in their own timing, but it handles you. If you're looking back, you can never go forward, and you're going to find yourself in similar situations because it, 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 you're like a prisoner to everything that's happened to you. You become a slave to it. Wow. Okay. Okay. So... Do you think that you might ever change your mind about wanting to write other types of books, or you think after these three books you're done? <laughs> um, I've had, like right now there's a girl, and they probably, my city's going to tune into your things. There's a girl. We is talking about doing business as far as um, she wants me to write her story, and the reason why, because, and like I said, everybody got a dope story. She has a dope story, but she feel like, she don't want to write it because she wants it to be. And she wants she don't want nobody. She's not comfortable with writing it herself. In her mind, it's like no, I never read a book that hit my soul the way yours did. So I feel like, can you please give me your blessing and write mine? So I mean, if the idea is there, I'm not going. I, I'm not going to just rule out of thumb like I will never write nothing. I'm just saying that I, I have so much other talent. You know, like I said, I could be writing a script for a movie. You know, I, it can, this could open up a lot of doors, or I could be, like, even when I've seen, um, like, I'm in a Tubi series coming up, you know, from up here, and um, there's a movie getting up. You know, it's so many different things that I like doing. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to just put a boundary, like, so I would never write stuff I did say that. I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying these. this was on my heart to put this out there, and initially I actually wasn't going to do it, but I finished it for me. When I fin- when I decided to finish part one, it was in 2021, I was going through a divorce. That was the first time, like I said, I battled suicide since I was eight, but I never attempted to do it. And actually in 2021, March 13th, the day before my 
sixth birthday, I did attempt to try to kill myself. And when I went to get that far, because I, I grew up religious. I'm not like that now. I'm more spiritual. But, you know, I grew up knowing that if you kill yourself, it's an abomination of hell. And um, so I, that's kind of what always would save me from never really doing it. Plus, I'm going to be honest, when I was think about killing myself, I didn't know, like, an easy way that would be painful. And that's when my prologue opened up, too, because it's a suicide attempt. And when I actually tried to do it and I decided, you know what, let me get some trauma therapy, I, I, I can't keep running into these type of feelings every time life is, you know, not going in a way that I understand or anything that's being a trigger to me. I can't keep resorting back to this because even when I fight it and don't do it, it always comes back. So I eventually started in therapy and just start doing things, just learning myself, learning issues. And I set a goal for myself to keep myself busy. I said I was going to finish a book that I started 13 years prior. So that was just, I was determined to do that for me. Like I, at the time I only had my daughter, I dedicated that book to myself, not my kid. That was dedicated to me because that's the first time that I did something consistent for myself and stuck to it. I could do so many things, but I, I don't have I lack consistency. I, you know, like I said, I got so many skills. So I was determined to, to finish something I started. And being as where I was at mentally, when I released so many things about me that people didn't know, the things that I was afraid to say because, you know, I would, I would open up about things that I thought was normal. A lot of us dealt with, you know, moms that might have been on drug addiction where I'm from. You know, we've had certain abuse, but everybody's different. And, so, like, everybody was not battling to us that work, like, on, in my neck of the woods, you know. And but when I actually came clean about a lot of things, so many weights was lifted and, lifted. and when I went, you know, public and – was speaking on things out loud, I received so many messages of people thanking me. And that in itself made me feel a sense of peace because I felt like, damn, I felt good to know that I helped somebody feel like they're not alone because for a long time I thought I was weird and alone. So, you know, that was another reason why I, like, I wanted to put this out there, you know, as far as getting this done and even keeping it going, you know, so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So my my next question to you is: As the person that victimized you, have they read the book? One of them did. My mother. Yes. I didn't hear you say it one more time. One one of the one of the abusers uh, did, which is my mom. She read it. Mm. Now okay. the thing about it is, is she... it's not, it's not. So she's not really elaborated too much on part one because part one, it's a certain time period. I more so resented my mom. The older more I got, you know, like I, I knew that as far as the emotional abuse she gave me, I didn't know that it was uh, actual abuse in the timing. I just know that it was in the time in the timing that you're being abused. A lot of times you don't know you're abused if that's all you see. You understand? But it creates yeah, certain things yeah. in you as you get older. You have sort of dysfunctions. You know, you have a different way of functioning due to how you came up and learned behavior tactics. So, you know, more part two, we'll probably get more into detail with that. But like I said, it's not an autobiography either. And yeah. so it's, strict, it's strictly on the time frame 
the, it starts in 09. That's where the prologue that I'm, I'm telling the story. But I'm trying to figure out where all my problems start from. And in my mind in 09, because like I said, I, I started this 13 years ago, so that's the mind of my, my mind was. Well, 15 now. But in my mind, I thought that my problems started right before I met my daughter's dad, who's now deceased. So that's what it's back telling that. That's why you really got to keep up with the whole series of it because Part Breeze won't let you know, like, nah, this, these issues you had with yourself is long before some 16-year-old. This shit go deeper than that, you know, so. Yeah. And, but so she okay. read it. She, there's, like, little things, you know, it really ain't that. But she knows pretty much her role in my life like now, you know, we. Okay. Is she is she uh deny it? Does she Because uh, a lot of times when people, you know, when they realize how bad they might have treated somebody as time goes on, their way of of apologizing is they'll defend their actions. Well I did that because of this. Because of this right. is why I did that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So was so there anything like that? Yeah, so that's what she do. My mom refuses to take accountability, and and I and I'm not, you know, what what really like motivates me because I end up being abusive to my daughter, you know, not in the same token as my mom, but definitely abusive. I beat her when I would beat her, not like for no reason. So when I say abuse, there's different forms of abuse. Okay. So you can be an abuser yeah. as to how you chastise your child. You know what I'm saying? You don't beat your kids out of anger. Yeah. You don't just whip them, you know, mama, you know, dump noodles on my head. That's a dysfunctional way to, you know what I mean, to whoop a child. That was the normal though, you know, different ways of that. So yeah. I would, when I would whip my daughter for chastising, you know, I would beat her when I was angry because that's what, and at the time I didn't know, by the grace of, you know, whatever. I had an out-of-body experience when my daughter was 12 years old. My daughter's 18 now. And I don't know if anybody on her ever had an out-of-body experience. I had three. I had one when she was 12. I had one when I tried to kill myself um, in 2021, and I had one recently this year. When you have an out-of-body experience, it's like you're kind of like above, and you can see everything happening, including yourself. You're watching it like it's a movie. So I was able to see how I looked whooping my daughter, and it looked it was like I was looking at my mom. I couldn't believe. And I, in the midst of it, I just stopped. And when I realized, I had got sick to my stomach because it had been years since I had been abused. But the look on my daughter's face, I can remember feeling like I knew exactly how she feel, and I couldn't believe that I was similar, the same or whatever to my mother. So I had called my cousin, and I my daughter over there because I had to get myself together because it was like I started replaying all the ways I had, you know, chastised with her for the last course of her life up in, you know, from an age of like probably like four when I start, you know, when I would chastise for right and wrong. And it's not nothing wrong with chastising your child is how and the way you talk to them. You know what I mean? You could speak life or you could speak yeah. death into a person. You know what I mean? What you speak into your child, that, that, that lasts with them for a long time. And when I replayed everything, like I say, like, you don't, you, you, we all got it. You know, the truth is the truth. When I replayed it, I, that, it depressed me for a couple of weeks because I was scared that my daughter would hate me the way I resented my mom at that age. You know, like, I didn't like my mom for a long time. I and mean, right now, it's 
I tolerate her, you know, because at the end of the day, I feel sorry for her because I'm just blessed enough to see that I was able to start some some my daughter change behavior in that moment. That was great, you know, because some parents don't get it like that. They don't get it. So yeah. I didn't need nobody to tell me. I had a, I, I saw it for myself. No one told me. It came down. It was like I saw it for myself. And one thing I don't take from my daughter, I treat my daughter how I. Like, I had to learn how to love through things, and, you know, if, even when a child's acting out, because you can't take the blame for everything, because the kid becomes your own person, and they do start doing things. Now you created a character. Now the character makes their own decisions and whatnot. But to this day right now, I don't take from nothing that I put my daughter through in those times. You know, I, let, I, I reassure her that I understand, and I don't make an excuse for it, you know, but... I always tell her, too, because I ain't going to guilt trip, my, trip myself. I only owe her change behavior, and that's so I don't stay there. You understand? So my mom, and I yeah. give her that because I never got that. You know, my mom to this day has, you know, oh, you know, uh, it's never like, damn, I really just fucked up completely. You know, it's never that. Like, I, I'm 38. I don't even know who my real dad is. My mom, my mom lied and said that, you know, she said it was somebody that was supposed to be and always knew that it wasn't. And she didn't come clean about that until two years ago. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's always, it's, I don't know. I, I try to give my daughter what I didn't have Yeah. as far as um, just understanding. And, and it's, it's no right. It's no manual in parenting and, Parents do the best they can. I'm pretty sure my mom tried to do better than her mom. She came up under abuse and dysfunction, and it's a, it's a long history of mental issues in her mom's side of the family. So, you know, it's no manual, but I feel like if parents really can be willing enough to, to like, you don't know it all, you you make mistakes. And don't, don't yeah. you can't deny a child of what experience that you may have given them. You take away from their feelings. Yeah. Okay. My next question is, do you think that some of the trauma that you went through and how painful it was, was the cause of some of your writer's block? I think that not the trauma actually (laughs) – when it's happening, or if I'm in a, if I'm in a uncom, I'm uncomfortable right now. Like if I'm in uncomfortable, I, that's when I get all my creative creativity come. I think that's why they say things don't have to be that before you. Uh, my writer's block was due to just me keeping busy and trying to find myself and trying to search for all these things that fill whatever I was looking for. So it's kind of hard to, you know, finish something that you want to do for you when you're trying to do so much for other people because you, you're just looking for that love and that acceptance. So I think that's it. And then, then yeah. being a, you know, I was uh, dealing with, when you take on, when you're looking for love and you might be with a, you might be dealing with a person that has a lot of baggage and you're willing to you're willing to carry their baggage and lay your stuff by the wayside just because you're hoping that, that when I get done carrying this baggage I just know they're gonna save me in the end you know so I think that that's what that was. Okay, right, man, wow, you you just don't know what a person is going through 
Right. Until you, you sit and talk to them sometimes, you know. And um, right. you can you could tell that, you know, you're trying to find your way of healing if you're not already healed. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Um so I I realize that this has really been a tool. Now I wanna ask you a question, you know. Do you find yourself trauma bonding? And what I, I mean to. by that No, I know what okay. trauma bonding is. I used to, yeah. Okay. I used to trauma bond. Yes. Um I didn't know I was trauma bonding but I used to have trauma bonds. Like I say, you become a slave to your you become a slave to your situation. And, and yeah. are you going to track? Because that's where your mental's at. And I'm not all the way healed, but I have been on a path of healing for two years. And I see the progression. I feel the difference. I see the, I see the difference even in just me even gaining control of, you know, just my state of mind, no matter what. Me being able to even, like I said, life always like for all of us. It's, 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 how you, yeah. it's how you handle it. You know, so you, you can be successful and still go through some, you know, some ups and downs. It might not be financially. It could be anything. You know what I'm saying? It could, it could be whatever. So life's still life, but it's, like I said, two years. Even what I'm going through right now, I wake up every day happy that I open up two eyes. I never felt like that. So even that, that yeah. was a major milestone for me to accomplish. You know, major milestone for me to actually appreciate because I hate when people say things like, and this is why, I like, a lot of people come talk to me. When they say, oh, how could you want to kill yourself when you got kids? That's selfish. If a person don't want to live for themselves, how, how they going to want to live for their kids? Make it make sense. If they don't even want to get up yeah. and live for them, how they going to live for their kids? Make it make sense. So the best thing you can do is just understand that she don't understand and be glad that your mind ain't there. So, like, for me yeah. to be able to appreciate my children and, like, I now I can proudly say this. I, I don't say this just because it sounds good. You know, like, I, like, I love to be here with my kids. I just think I really could say that. Now, I have a son now. I didn't have one. You know, he's one years old. But even my daughter, I'm able to appreciate her life more. My daughter's 18. I had her for 18 years. She never been raised by nobody but me. So how am I just now appreciating for the last two years? That's because I appreciate my own life. So, like, yeah. but I, there was a time when I trauma bonded, you know. But now, no, I don't want to be. I understand when people be stuck in a sob story, but I do try to talk them around it and I let them know I totally understand I've been there. But I also understand if they don't get it. You know how many gems was dropped on me 17 years ago? That's just now. I can, I'm like, dang, that was a vessel to me, and I didn't, I didn't, I thought that they didn't understand, but they did. And they was, they was trying to give it to me, but I couldn't get it in that time. Everybody's time is different. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and that's why, and know. that's why I'm sorry, real quick, real quick, and that's why I say as far as like you're in control of things because you become a slave to what you've been through, because as you be like the most high, I don't know anybody's spiritual journey. I'm not big on you know religion, but I do believe in a creator, but I also believe that you can make your life a heaven or you can make it a hell yourself. I feel like it's really the powers in you when you pray. You're really asking, you're, you're praying for the work you got to put in anyway. So I say that and say this. Yeah. Even though those things happen as a child, you're never left alone. You can learn from anything. I know that now, though. So when I say, like, I've had vessels 
placed in my life. It wasn't my mom. It wasn't who I thought it should have. But I've I've been blessed to have vessels in my life a long, long time ago that did tell me things that would have helped me. But it, it wasn't coming in the form that I, I was looking for. So I was missing. Now when I can look back like, dang, you know. And it's all right. I don't regret it. You know, I, I had my, this is my journey. So that's why I say, like, you know, as far as you become a victim or you become a slave to it, because all if that was the case, if I wasn't so victimized, I would have got the message a long time ago. I would have been able to see where my issues was a long time ago, but I was too busy looking at all what had been done to me, and that's where I stayed. And I was around people yeah. that was similar, going, you going through things they might have had, you know. So, yes, I have definitely trauma bonded. If I talk to anybody with trauma right now, it is not to bond. It's to let them know, like, you got you, you to gotta find the blessing in it. You got to get the lesson in it, you know. And you don't got to do it. I want you to get it. You might not get it right now, but you, as long as, as long as you hold on to it, you are hindering you. Fact. You, you are in full control of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Ain't no way that, ain't no way that something that happened to you, and but it happens to us. So it, it ain't wrong. You know, it's just it's just all we know. Just but ain't no way something that happened to you maybe at ten years old, and then you thirty five and you still feel the same. But it ain't even happening no more. You know what I mean? So you are holding on to that. That's the control that it has over you. You know, so it, it's me personally. I was tired of feeling, I was tired of having all that, and, and I had to get the help. I had to do it for me. And like, I'm not on no medication. I don't take no meds. I ain't on no anxiety meds, none of that. It's all strictly just work. I, I wanted yeah. peace. I wanted to be able to, like I said, the problems don't stop. Stuff happens. And yeah. It don't stop. Yeah. But I wanted to be able to know that, all right, it's going to end up being okay. This is the first time. I'm 38 years old. I can say okay to myself. Everything's going to be okay and believe that eventually it will be okay. It ain't okay right now. I've never felt like shit was going to be okay. I always felt like what else is going to happen wrong. And as you look for things to go wrong, that's what's going to happen. It's going to go wrong because you're looking for it. You're looking for it to go wrong. <laughs> so why, why you're looking for it to go wrong, so the universe is going to honor that. All right? Let me throw something else your way. Yeah. That's why I leave the universe alone. I let it do what it do because it's going to do it to everybody. Because sometimes right. when you let the universe do what it do, sometimes it has a funny way of leaving you alone. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, but I want to thank you for coming onto the show tonight. You know, come to the end of the interview. And uh, I'm I'm glad that you are, you know, on your healing journey. And like you seem like you're, you're getting a, a better handle on what's going on in your life, you know. And right. I have, you know, I want to just re- revisit something that you said about uh, um, people were like, oh, how could you want to kill yourself and, and, and you have kids and this, that, and the third. People have to realize this. Sometimes when the pain is so hard, that pain is stronger than the love that you have for the people that are in your life, including yourself. Right. People don't understand that pain, or they they just they have somebody they can talk to, and some people don't have that person that they can go and talk to about that pain, you know? And some people just don't know any other way, you know, 
you come up with a, a permanent solution for a temporary problem, and that's what yeah. I call and consider suicide. A permanent solution yeah. for a temporary problem, but you don't yeah. see the other side. You don't see the you don't see the the the, the, the problem being in a rearview mirror. You see it in the yeah. present because you're living in the present, and you don't think that and you can't think past that pain. You know, right? And and I tell people, you know, some people say, "Oh, that's a coward way out." I think that's one of the most bravest things a person can do to take their life. And I'm not sitting no, no, by any I means. Say that. Not I, that's crazy. You suicide. said that. I say that. Go ahead. He's talking. You know, I, I, I am not supporting suicide in any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you that I can understand because I've been there. I've been through that pain. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Where people be like, yo, it's going to be a better day tomorrow. It's going to be a better day. It's easy to tell you to take it one day at a time when you're not mm-hmm. the one going through those one days at a time with me. Yep. Yep. You know? And, and, so. and real fast, when you just said, like you said, I went, I went to the edge. I went to the edge of this. This was, this was before I thought I overdosed. It's not, I'm, I'm looking back now, smiling, but, it, you know, but I went to the, I went to the bridge. It was crazy. It was a bridge a little bit about about 20 minutes away from my house. And when I looked over, my heart dropped. I didn't even want to lie. I went down to my foot. And I said, oh, no, there's got to be a better way. I ain't doing it this way. So when you say, like, well, people say that's weak or just, like, no, it takes strength to do that. Not saying, you know, anybody that's fighting it will be strong if you do it. I'm not saying that, so like you say, but. You got to be mindful of the things we say on how, you know, just be, like I said, you got to be glad or not even be grateful for those who didn't ever experience these type of feelings, mm-hmm. urges, battles. Be grateful that yeah. you just never stuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they say most people that try to commit suicide, like jumping or something like that, they said nine times out of ten, they change their mind on the way down. Because they realize how painful that's getting ready to be. That end is going to be painful, more pain than what they felt, you know. But, right. you know, like I said, I'm glad that you're on that healing journey, and I hope that you continue to be on that healing journey, and I hope that you can you can break that generational curse because a lot of times these are things that we go into as uh, as human beings, you know. Let's, let's, let's right. just call it as what it is because – Black people are not the only ones being abused. We got white people that's being abused. You got Spanish people. So let's say it as a human being. You know, that's the hardest thing in the world is to break a, um, a, a curse that's been, that's been brought down from generation to generation because this person's father beat him, then this person beat his kids, and they beat their kids because they don't know any other way. Because even when you yeah. made the statement about your out of out of experience, your out of body experience, you said you realized you looked and saw your mother. You know what I'm saying? You didn't realize, you know. So, right. you know, I'm 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 glad that that's that's taking place, you know. And 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 there's always people that you could go to. There's always people that you can get help from. You know, don't right. get into the stigma. Of you know, because black people were good for saying that. Oh, black people, we don't go to council. We don't do that. We don't do this. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of us need it. A hell of a lot mm-hmm. of us need it to break some of the generation curses that we're going. We need it even if we're not even been abused. Counseling is just good, period. Yeah. Just to have any type of so you need yeah. it. You need it regardless. It's an outlet, and therapy just has to battle 
And I, generational curses, I believe, is beyond wealth. And that's the reason why I wanted to have more children. Like, you know, I have, like I said, I have a son. And I plan on having more kids because I want to be the, you know, I want to be the, I want to show that, I, like, you know, I, things can be different. You know, me and my daughter got a great relationship, yeah. believe it or not. And we fought hard to get here. You know, I, not we, yeah. I fought because I'm the, I'm the parent. I could not let my daughter, I couldn't yeah. let it go out. Like, you know, she didn't matter. And she was, she started rebelling even, even when I started changing, you know, she was rebelling bad. That was her excuse. Cause that's what kids will do. I've been there. You will hold on to that. And I would tell her, yeah. you can hold on to it. You go, I said, I don't want you to end up like me. You can hold on to everything you've been through. You have every right, but I'm going to tell you, it's hindering you. Believe that. Yeah. And I think her seeing me just want so bad to change inside out is really why the greats come. It's very seldom that you get with me and her guy. Very rare. You know, me and my daughter got an awesome relationship. That's my backbone sheet. But I do want the curses to be broke. And I, I want to show what still can come. But that starts with accountability. And everybody don't got that. Yeah. And that's what that's the biggest thing. That is the biggest thing. That is the most important thing is accountability. Mm-hmm. Accountability can shield a lot of things with some people because some people want that. They want a person to say, yo, I did it. And sometimes mm-hmm. that could be part of somebody's healing to hear that you knew you did it. You might not mm-hmm. have meant to do it, but you did it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We're all human, and I understand and I get it. But that is that is a big thing with me. Accountability, that is the hugest thing with me is accountability. Okay, yeah. if I can be accountable for what I've done, please just be accountable for what you've done. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's another key to accountability. You have to also respect and, and, and speak your truth, too. You can't just want somebody to tell their truth if you can't tell their truth. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not fear. At that point in time, That's it's not right. fear because you're trying to be a victim. You're just yeah. you're, you're you're being a victim, and you you're you're allowing yourself to remain a victim instead of saying, "Okay, listen, I'm gonna take accountability for what I've done. This is what I've done." And then once I get that out in the air, then I feel like the other person should do it. But if you can't be accountable for what you do, you did, why are you expect them to be accountable for what they've done? You know, so. But, again, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, do you have any contact information or any way that people can order your book that you want to um, tell the, the audience? Yeah, so I'm on all platforms. I actually just saw YouTube. So I became a YouTuber two days ago. I think I got 34 subscribers already. Um, okay. I'm on all platforms. If you type in Miss like M-I-S-S, Author Bay. I know with Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, there's underscore to separate each word. But Facebook, you type in as Author Bay. I pop up. My actual government name comes up, which is Monet Smith, but that's me. Um, you can reach me there. Like I said, I'm on YouTube. Uh, my book is on Amazon, but if you message me privately, I can send you a signed copy. I'm in a process of getting a website up. It'll definitely be up for the release of part two. Um, uh, that's what I'm mainly working on outside of just traveling the market. So, yeah, just any platform I respond um, in a timely matter, and 
if they're not friends with me, of course, it goes to a request. But I look through my requests ever so often. So, you know, that is where you can hit me up at. You can check the link out on Amazon and read the reviews on it. My book has a lot of reviews. Um, you know, just for me, for that to be my first book, I've done massive interviews. So I even have links to that, too. Um, yeah, but all platforms, I'm there. Okay. And, again, we appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope you uh, uh, continue success on your journey of healing. Yes, Thank we so really much. Yes, we really enjoyed you. Yeah, we really, really Thank enjoyed you, you and your story. I appreciate it. I was, one more question. Is there any link that y'all have? Because I got four people texting me asking me where could they listen or do y'all there? Oh, oh, yes. I'm going to send it to you, yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you so All right, much. Thank you. All right. So have a good night. All right. Okay. You too. You too. Okay, everyone. That was Miss Arthur Bay. Do not forget to check out her book. And um, is there anything else that you have to say, Essie, before we end this lovely, beautiful night? No. The no. the weather. The weather. I, I love this weather. Oh, I'm yeah, so I happy. It. I love this I'm weather. So happy. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Oh my gosh. This weather is everything. I'm just chilled and relaxed. But okay, yeah, so um since Essie Motor Mouth does not have anything else to say, <laughs> <laughs> I wanna thank all of you for tuning in to the show. Thank you all so much for tuning into the show and um, that does it for us. Tune in on Friday for our, uh, is is that the final casting call? Uh, yeah, I think, I believe it is. Okay. He believes it is. Okay. So yeah, tune in Friday for our casting call for uh, the Tubi movie. And that does it for us guys. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.